All right, let's go over to Isaiah chapter 10. Isaiah, the 10th chapter. See, so if we're going to minister healing to the sick, why don't we just do that? Why don't, why don't we just do that from the start and just be done with it? Well, we are. Healing, ministry of healing to the sick began as soon as you walked in. Our singing and our worship was not a waste of time, was not just prelude, was not just warm up. <laughs> Got to warm everyone up. No, no, no. It's all a part. What we're doing right now is a part of ministering healing to the sick. It's not just about the laying on of hands and the prayer of faith and rebuking and binding and casting out. It is about the words of God. And how many know healing is not just physical? Even what I mean by that, I'm not talking about some kind of spiritual healing or something like that that people make up. Uh, but, but, but I'm talking about physical healing is not just a physical activity. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? If that were the case, we could just uh, have everyone line up. We'd slap you all upside the head and it'd be done. You know, I mean, in Jesus' name. You know, or for that matter, have a drive-through. Just come by and bam, 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 everyone be healed. Well, it, see, it's not just about the physical contact, but it is about spiritual engagement. It is about getting our believer pointed in the right direction. It is about a spiritual reception, and then it changes the physical body. All right? It's just like all things in God, all things that work with the Lord. How many know no one, you know, on, on Sundays, we, we, every week, every service, people come down to the front and pray and receive Jesus as their Savior, as their Lord. They're born again. They're going to heaven. Right? But how many know it would be real possible, and it may have happened as far as all I know, because I can't necessarily discern everyone internally, but someone could come down, I mean, make the trek out of the aisle, uh, out of this row, into the aisle, down to the front, repeat the prayer, and nothing happened. Say, well, that can't happen, can it? Absolutely can. It's not just about the repetition of words. It's not just about the physical activity. It is about the inward involvement in the physical or outward expression. Everybody with me today? Okay. Someone can give in the offering and not be blessed. I'll say, no, they can't. Yes, they can. It's possible to do the outward thing in the right way, but not have the inward engagement. And so what we're doing right now, I mean right here, right now, this very moment, we are ministering healing to the sick. All right? So uh, w- w- what does that mean for, for those who need healing? Really, for all of us, it means let's not tune out, let's not discard, let's not minimize or trivialize any part of the spiritual activity of the Holy Spirit and how He wants to get something that He has that's been paid for by Jesus on the cross, how He wants to get that to us. Praise God. It's already happening. It's already happening. And so uh, let's read over here in Isaiah chapter 10. Isaiah, the 10th chapter and the 27th verse, it, it reads this way, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and, and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Or some translations will leave off the word oil and just say because of the anointing. 
All right, is that good? <laughs> the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Now, we know uh, a yoke um, is generally, at least in their day, referencing something we don't often use today in this way. But it was that piece of wood that would um, go on the necks of the oxen and they would team them up so they could pull a plow or pull a cart or something and it, but it would it would hold them in a position and keep them from being free keep them from doing their own thing it was a, to to some degree it was for use but of, of course to some degree it was bondage it was captivity for them uh, when the when the bible talks about the anointing now breaking the yoke that simply refers to people getting set free from things that hold them down or hold them back. A person is bound, sim- uh, a person that is bound simply needs to be set free. Okay, it's no more complicated than that. We don't have to go and look for hidden reasons or secret things. No, if someone's bound, they need to be free. Remember, there was a woman that was brought to Jesus one day who had a spirit of infirmity and she was bent over and she couldn't straighten up. And and he said, and it was the Sabbath day because the religious people hated when you did stuff on the Sabbath day. And, uh, uh, I was, you know, on the Jewish Sabbath day, was they weren't allowed to do any work at all. And, and they, of course, included healing in that, even though they weren't doing healing any other days either. Uh, anyway... Uh, but then, of course, it was that day, and, and Jesus made this statement about how ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, and uh, and I think if I'm remembering right, uh, said something about 39 years. Maybe some of you remember the passage uh, more specifically, but he said, "Ought not she be loosed from this infirmity?" In other words, he said, "The way she is is not the way it's supposed to be. Just because someone is a certain way doesn't mean they have to stay that way." Just because they are way, that doesn't mean they have to be that way. I heard about a person today that had passed away of cancer recently, and I thought, oh, I thought I wish I could have talked to them. I would have told them they didn't have to die, because they didn't. Now, I don't know the person, but uh, I would have told them if I'd have known. It doesn't have to be that way. Not supposed to be that way. You don't have to go out this way. There is a God in heaven who loves you. There is, there is a Savior. His name is Jesus. He took stripes upon His back so that you could be healed of that condition. Doesn't have to be that way. Ought not this daughter of Abraham, that speaks of covenant, right? Ought not this daughter of Abraham be loosed from this infirmity even on the Sabbath day? Uh, there are ways that things are supposed to be. People that are bound simply need to be set free. If they're unable to free themselves, well, they need an external source. They need help uh, to destroy the yoke that holds them and keeps them. The yoke simply is what keeps a person bound. All right. Now the anointing, which is the great destroyer of those yokes, the anointing, well, that's the power of God. Okay, it's a frequently used word. We'll look at a couple passages, but it is the power of God. Anointing really even refers to Jesus because Jesus, his his um, call or his position is Jesus the Christ. Right? The Christ means the anointed one. 
And so we talk about the power of God, we're talking about Jesus. Talking about the anointing, we're talking about the anointed one. Jesus who came to destroy the works of the devil. And he succeeded. The Bible says he destroyed or undid the works of Satan. And that is all that caused people to suffer in life. Okay? And so the anointing is the power of God. It's, it's Jesus. It's his anointing. It's his power. And there is power specifically designed. I mean, it was tailor-made, this anointing or this power to heal the sick. Or to remove, we might say, disease yokes. Sickness yokes, things that latch a hold of people and hold them down and keep them out of God's best in life. There's a power designed to remove that yoke of sickness and disease from your life. Praise God. It is the power of God. Now now look at Luke chapter 4 with me. Luke the fourth chapter. And notice what Jesus said over here about the anointing. He said concerning himself and the anointing in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, he's actually quoting from Isaiah. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And it's powerful whenever, see lots of times Jesus would quote scriptures that the prophets gave many, 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 many years before that. He said, that's me. What they said back then, that was for today. That was for now. And here I am. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord." Now, isn't it, isn't it interesting that God didn't just tell Jesus to do this? He didn't just say, preach. Uh, he didn't just, the Father didn't just call the Son to preach and to heal. The Bible says that He was anointed to do those things. See, there was a specifically tailor-made power upon Jesus' life so that sickness and problems would be removed from people's lives. I mean, this is good stuff. I like this. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's the whole reason for its existence. I mean, the very reason for it to be there is to remove people's problems. That's why there's an anointing. That's why there are multiple types of anointings. But, but think about it. Even Jesus now, with his sinless life, with his perfect relationship with the Father, I mean, even when he was 12, he was disputing uh, the, the religious rulers of the day and, and, you know, having conversations with them just as a 12-year-old kid. And so it wasn't that he lacked knowledge. He wasn't that he had any problems or sin in his life. But, you know, up until Jesus was anointed, he never healed anybody. There were no miracles. There were no what we call signs and wonders. People didn't flock to Jesus because they had problems, even though he was righteous, even though he had a good relationship with the Father, even though he was studied, he knew things. All these things were present, but without an anointing, no results, no power, no, no physical change in, in people's lives. How many know uh, that should clue us into um, what we should be involved with? Because, listen, even if you say you have church... Even if we have building and all the church functions and, and, and elements, but don't have power, well, then there won't ever be change. There won't ever be freedom. Huh? There won't be healing. There won't be salvation. 
Now, say, well, people can be helped in other ways. Yeah, but that's, it's not as good. I, I, you know what I mean by that? I mean, people sometimes are helped through, through social programs and they're helped to curb their behavior and change their lifestyle through various programs and, and steps and all kinds of stuff. And if that helps anyone, fine, I'm not opposed to that. But the power of God is different. See, if someone said, well, my resolution is to, is to really suck it up and stop smoking this year, you know, because for whatever reason, well, that, that's commendable, and that's fine if you want to change a habit in your life and change, the, but that's different than God setting you free. It re, there really is a better way than to have the patch, and I'm not down on anyone who's got a patch. Uh, you know, seriously, I'm, I mean, I, I'm just saying there is a better way. Just like I'm not down on anyone who has a surgery or takes medicine. I mean, if it hurts, I don't like pain. <laughs> you know, if it's something's wrong, I'm not down on that at all. But there is a better way. There is the power of God. And if, and if we are aware of what He can do and wants to do, then we can begin to access God's power in all areas of life. And it's better. It's not just about I sucked it up and pulled myself up by my bootstraps and I got my life together. No, I trusted God and it was like that. He changed me. And He took this desire away from me. I mean, how many times have we heard that? I mean, I've heard it so many times it's not even funny. I mean, and and, and there's others. There are people, I don't know why I'm going off on all this, but I'm just going to go ahead for now. You know, uh, when someone has financial trouble, you can get a second job or a third job or a fourth job and work yourself to the bone. But there is a better way. There is a way of a place of getting into a position of faith, trusting God, being a giver and letting God increase you and bless you. I'm not down on the first person. I'm not down on someone for working extra and doing extra things to get to do things like that. Not at all. No condemnation at all. I'm just saying there is a better way. There's a better way in so many areas that we endeavor to solve our problems. He wants to get involved with our lives and lead us. And if we'll seek after Him and put our heart, set our heart toward heaven to get answers, to get direction, to find out what to do, He'll tell us a way to do it. He'll show us exactly what to do. And there's an anointing that will accompany every step of faith and bring God's power on display. And at the end of it, you won't be, you won't be getting the praise. It won't be that, man, I just worked hard. No, it'll be, man, God did this for me. Man, He did this for me. I am just blessed. I'm just increasing and I can't take any credit for it. See, that's a good position to be in. See, we're not looking to get it for any credit for anyone who gets healed here tonight. Absolutely zero. I mean, I just, I mean, you know, when I was first in college, the class I despise the most, now some of you are the opposite because you're wired different, but the class I despise the most that I somehow found myself in was called anatomy and physiology. I hated that. I was just so uninterested. It's like, oh, it was painful. Now some of you really like that, and that's good. You like that, and I'm glad certain people like that. <laughs> I just didn't. And so even, it's amazing, now the Lord uses me uh, to, to bring healing to the sick, and I don't even like the body. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, my own, I mean, just, just kind of put up with it. Can't wait to get out of here. In many regards, you know, changed in a moment, twinkling of an eye, meet the Lord in the air, and, and got that new glorious body, never think about it again. <laughs> anyway, I don't know why I say all that, but other than this, not looking for any credit. I'm not super smart when it comes to the physical body, but I do have faith in Jesus. 
I have faith in the finished work of the cross, and I know if I act on what he said, that he will be on display and he'll get the glory. Amen. And so that's all what we're all about here tonight. And uh, I want to look at a couple more scriptures here as well. Uh, why don't you turn to Mark chapter 5. See, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. There's an anointing to preach, to heal, to set free, to bring sight to the blind. It's the power of God. You know, uh, Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 is one of my favorites. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Right? What did he do? He went about doing good and healing. He went about doing good and healing. God is a good, good God. What's the, what does a good, good God do? He heals. He went about doing good and healing. He was anointed to do good and heal. There is a power of God specifically designed to do good things in people's bodies. It is the anointing of the Lord Jesus, and it brings healing to the sick. Mark chapter 5 and verse 20, 25. Mark five twenty-five. We'll just draw a couple key points out of this. It said, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, and she had suffered many things from many physicians. Uh, she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Now, now, now what did you hear about Jesus? What did this woman hear about Jesus that would cause her to go through the crowd? She's sick. She's got problems. It's illegal, by the way, in her day for her to be out because of her blood condition and so forth. A lot of things going on there. But what did she hear about Jesus that caused her to go out of her way to reach out and touch his garment? I'm telling you what she heard about, what she found out about is that guy's anointed. She realized there is an anointing on him that will destroy the yoke. Because if you didn't know that there was something powerful on him, even to the point where it got in his clothes, then you wouldn't go out of your way. You wouldn't do all these things to try to touch the head, hem of his garment, the edge of his clothes uh, to be healed. I mean, that doesn't make any natural sense. I mean, I'm feeling bad. I've got to find someone's clothes. I got to go to a crowded place and touch. No, you had to have known that there was power within that. So the anointing, the spirit of the Lord that was upon Jesus because he anointed him to do these things, that message got around. One, Jesus told about it. He talked about the anointing. He talked about the power of God that was on him. That's why I think it's a good thing for us to do the same. He talked about the power of God that was on him. That word spread and people found out that they could even touch his clothes because the anointing was so powerful. It got in his clothes and they could be healed. All right, And she knew that, and so this is what she did. She came and touched his garment, for she said, if I may only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. So she not only heard about it, she internalized it, she made it her own, she confessed it her own self. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? So notice even the Lord Jesus, he was being pressed in from every side. There was a crowd all around him, but he wasn't aware of her naturally, but he knew that power went out of him. He knew that the anointing, there was an anointing that left his body and went, in, went somewhere. And so as you read along, he asked, and finally she came forward. Another account of this in Luke chapter 8, it says that he perceived, he said, I perceive power going out from me. And the anointing is very much that way. The anointing can be, be perceived. I frequently will perceive power going out of my hands and into other people's bodies. And I know this year, years ago when I, when I started meditating on these things more and I got to thinking about them a lot, I would, I would meditate on the power of God on me. 
I would think about how God has anointed me. I would think about how that power is designed. It was, it was originated to flow and not just be idle, not just be passive, but flow from one person to another. And when I started doing that, I started being aware of that. I would lay hands on people and sometimes I'd perceive it and sometimes the other person would perceive it and people would say, oh, I felt that. No, and this would happen and this would, and all these physical perceptions of God's anointing came on the scene just a result of us acknowledging it. Just a result, we give it attention, we say the anointing is here, the power of God's here, Holy Spirit is here, and He would start to move. You see, these things are designed to that, to that very end to drive out sickness and disease. It's, it's kind of like, um, like rain and gravity. How many know if it rains, the water is going to go to the lowest place? It's going to run a certain way. It's kind of like uh, when you build a parking lot. Like we build, build a parking lot out there. And, and, and if you were watching or if you're paying attention or if you still go out and look at the parking lot now, you'll find out it's not perfectly flat. Right? You would think, make that thing flat. But, you know, it's like, couldn't they get that thing straight? It's kind of got these, you know, these little hills. and stuff. Well, of course, it's got drains out there, so it doesn't fill up like a swimming pool when it rains. You know, you go to your car, and you're in three inches of water. and you're, you know, It's designed so that the water will go a certain direction by gravity, and it will clear out and, and, and not remain on the parking lot. Well, it's similar to that in, in how the anointing works. The power of God is designed to flow toward the need of a person who believes in it. All right. All you have to do is have a need and believe in the power, and the power is designed to flow towards you. You just have to get in the vicinity. <laughs> you just have to be near, and a person who believes in the power of God will flow right into that person's body. It's you know everything was designed for a purpose. People create things for an intended use. This is designed to work here. You know, like a special uh, cleaning solution or formula you know it's it's design i'm thinking of those commercials they used to have about how you i don't know if it works but you know supposed to they you spray that stuff on the bathroom tile and, and you're not even supposed to scrub it or anything it's it scrubs for you yeah, well, anyway, if, if it works, great. Uh, you know, it's designed, certain solutions are, are designed to eat away at, at, at certain stains and, and certain, uh, certain things like that. That's their reason for existing, okay? Now, the power of God works that way. Also, it's designed to remove affliction, to destroy bondage, destroy yokes of bondage, to remove disease and all those type of things, okay? What, what if we had a pill here tonight what if we said there's been a scientific breakthrough and uh uh, this pill we've got this bottle of pills up here it's it's been proven scientifically formulated to cure anything Uh, just like that yes instantaneously it'll cure all disease it'll remove all pain it'll take the moles off your back it'll give it it'll unclog your arteries it will kill all bad cells if you lost a limb or a finger or something it'll grow back all you need is one of these pills that's designed to do that in any person's body wouldn't that be nice I, I mean i mean how would people respond to that if that were if that were really true we really had the, that bottle of pills i, I think people would be rushing the stage <laughs> That's like, you know, I get, I'm going to get me one of those. I'm going to get me one of those pills because that's my answer right there. Take care of everything. All my physical problems are gone forever. Just got to get me one of those pills. Well, what if, for example, you know, just hypothetically, there was, there was an anointing that was designed to do that very thing. 
I mean, let's just throw this out there. Maybe. What if? What if the power of God was that effectual where it was designed to heal anyone of anything? To cure any disease, to remove all affliction. Come on. I mean, just like that, that it was designed that it would be transferred immediately through the laying on of hands and any person could be healed of anything whatsoever. I think that'd be pretty neat. Only if that were true. Well, the reality is it is true because it is the power not of man. It's not, it's not the power of human intellect, which is fine but limited. This is the power of God. This is the work of our Creator, our God who loves us. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. And He knows you and He knows me and He wants only good things to happen in our lives. All right. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Can you hand a little bit more? I trust we're not putting anyone into unbelief here tonight. <laughs> what, we're, what we're doing is stirring up our believer. We're getting our focus right. We see things clearly like they are. We see things from God's perspective. And all the little troubles that we experience, all the challenges we face in life become minuscule. They, be, they pale in comparison to His mighty power and His love. And they'll dissolve instantaneously right before our eyes. Okay? Because the power of God now, uh, is not only necessary, but thank God, it's available to all. Not only do we need to realize that someone doesn't get healed outside of the anointing, just like we said, Jesus didn't do it without the anointing, but now the power of God is available. The anointing is available to everyone. Every single one of us can have the anointing. Acts chapter 1, here we go. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus told his disciples this right before he he left and went to be seated at the right hand of the Father. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You know the word power there? You shall receive power. That's, that comes from a Greek word. The Greek word is dunamis. Dunamis. You know what that means? It means it, it means force. You shall receive force, or it means miraculous power. You shall receive miraculous power on you. Miraculous power. You want know also what you can see in the word is we get the English word dynamite. So this is no firecracker here, huh? He didn't say you shall receive firecracker power, maybe sparkler. On a, you know, no, he said, you shall receive dynamite power. I mean, that's dangerous stuff that can cause some serious damage. Maybe if there was a word for C4 or, you know, or something else, this is serious power, but it's not power that destroys good things. It destroys bondage. It destroys yokes. It is miraculous power. And he's saying that happens when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. In other words, just like it happened with Jesus. Remember, lived a perfect life, had a good relationship with God, but he met his cousin John the Baptist one day, went in the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove, and he was anointed. He had the power of God. He went in on his 40-day fast, overcame the devil, came out in the power of the Spirit of God, and from that time on, walked in the miraculous, walked in the power of God perpetually and continually without 
without ceasing until he gave his life and shed blood for us on the cross. And as soon as he was raised from the dead, he said, now you guys, hold on. In a few days from now, the same thing is coming on you. That anointing, that power is going to come upon you. Go to Jerusalem and wait. And they waited in the upper room. And when the day of Pentecost was come, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Spoke with other tongues. There was fire. There was wind. And they came out of that place wobbling around saying, woo, this is nice. And they started speaking and people heard them in their own language and people started getting healed and the church was in was started in power and demonstration and so much so that Peter would walk by people and his, they were trying to get in his shadow they said I just have to get near him the power the anointing is so strong on these guys if I can just get in the shadow not even the hem of the garment the shadow they would be healed I mean amazing later on Paul they would take clothes, his, his very clothes, they call them handkerchiefs and aprons. I don't know what that really was, but they, they took clothes off of him and, and those clothes would touch people and they would be healed. I mean, it was so radiating from the believer that it wasn't even the physical touch, which was the, the normal way. It was other things that it exuded beyond them. Amen. And these things increase more and more as you acknowledge, as you recognize or thankful for, as you believe in them. The power of God manifests stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. I'm thinking we could get this to extend outside of the building. We're close enough to a busy road here. And I'm not just talking for fun. I'm having fun, but I believe we could get it to extend. We're so aware of, so conscious of, so participating in the work of God, the work of His Spirit, that it starts to emanate from us, from the building, out where we go, and people run into and come in contact with it. Amen. Remember hearing a story. Remember hearing a story about a, a woman a couple few decades ago, Catherine Kuhlman, walking in the airport. I think it was I was told in Pittsburgh, and people were getting healed while she walked by them in the airport. I thought there's someone who's aware of the Spirit of God. There's someone who has a has an awareness of God's anointing and God's power that people are getting healed. They're just walking by. Amen. And so these are, these are the th- things that, that were happening I- in their day. Of course, this dynamite power was on them, and the P- Peter's shadow would get people healed, and Paul's clothes would be healed. You know, in the Old Testament, remember, remember Elijah? Elijah was a prophet, and this was well after his life. He, was, uh, he had been dead and buried and, of course, was in Abraham's bosom in paradise. And, and, uh, but one day some people were, were near his tomb and, and some raiders were coming after them. And they actually they were uh, not like the Oakland raiders, but, you know, bands of people. Um, but they were about to bury some guy, some guy who had died and, and they had this thing to deal with. And so Elijah's tomb was right there. And so they, they, they dropped him into Elijah's tomb. He, he touched Elijah's bones and the guy came alive. I mean, talk about anointed. I mean, the anointing is hanging out in your bones for a while. I mean, it just shows us the real tangible nature of the power of God. See, so sometimes we think it's all about God deciding to do things and deciding not to. No, the power of God is very real, and, and, and it can be contained. It can be contained in a shadow, in, in, in clothing, in bones. It can be contained in bones. And... Uh, 
and, and, and many, many other things. I mean, you can read, read in the Old Testament about the guy who lost, he borrowed an axe from a guy and, and, it, and the axe head fell off and went into the river and, and he told the prophet, and he said, get a stick, get a stick, throw it in there where that, where, where the axe head went. He did and the anointing, I guess, got in the stick because the axe head floated. He said, grab it. I mean, bizarre kind of, kind of, kind of workings and miracles. The anointing is the power of God. It can do anything. Okay? Healing the sick is just kind of like one of the main things. That's what we're told about most often. It heals the sick. It heals the brokenhearted. It fixes a bad situation. It destroys yokes. It's the anointing. It's the power of God. And... When something is of the anointing, how many know it doesn't, we don't have to increase any effort on our part. It's not that we have to try harder. Human effort does not increase the magnitude or frequency or effectiveness of healing. We're not trying to put any extra human, I'm going to try real hard. No, no, no. It's the power of God. It's the anointing. We get real relaxed. We try our hardest to not try at all, if that makes any sense. I want to get out of the way and just trust in the power. It's not like, throw the stick in the water, but throw it hard, so it'll dive down. No, 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 that's fleshly thought again. <laughs> huh? Amen. So physical exertion does not increase or help God to heal anybody, but simple, I mean, very, very basic Trust, faith in the power. Paul said that in uh, what First Corinthians two, I think. He said that he he said these things. He said that your faith would not be in the wisdom of, of man, but in the power of God. Not just talking about having faith in God, having faith in the power of God, believing that His power is present, that He has anointed us to do His work. Amen. 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 The Lord is good. Father, we love you tonight. We bless you. (laughs) We're so thankful for who you are. We're thankful for all that you do. Thankful for your mighty grace and power. Oh, for the grace of God that has come to us this hour to demonstrate and to participate in the work of the living God. To destroy yoke, to remove burdens, to remove afflictions, to heal the sick, to bring life where there is death, to bring light where there is darkness. Lord, we participate now in your glory, in your goodness, and we let your power flow to all who need, to all who would believe, to all who would receive. It's so easy and it's so simple. And the power of God flows to everyone. We're so thankful for it tonight. Thankful for your goodness. Thankful for your glory. Thank you for your glory, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your glory. The glory of the risen Christ. The glory of the resurrected one. The glory of Jesus. The first begotten. The Son. We magnify you. And I thank you, Lord, that you work. You work in this house tonight freely and willingly and we participate with you (laughs) we rejoice in this victory 
we rejoice through and through. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you thanks for working in everybody, in every life, for working on the inside. There's your anointing. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord. There's more than enough of you (laughs) to wipe out everything that's not of you. For this, we give you praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen.